have a question for you. Sorry, I have two. <laughs> Are you being productive? And how do you know that you're doing enough? Now, these are two very challenging questions, and yet they are super important the moment that you start your own business and that you have to manage yourself. Except your entire life, not only have you probably actually not really had to answer that question, but the answer was determined by people around you or by external factors. And yet, these are literally the foundation of your progress and of the growth of your business and of your your work. So that is what I want to talk about in today's episode. I want to chat about strategies, frameworks, tips, and advice, and even dive into the mindset of productivity, specifically for neurodivergent and creative entrepreneurs. Hello, friend, and welcome to the Signature Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Sophie Pelletier, and yeah, productivity is a huge topic. And I think what makes it so complex and challenging is that our entire lives, until we dive into having our own business, there is someone else or external factors that are there to answer that question for us. So when we're little, our parents tell us if we're doing enough. And then we grow up and we go to school and then it's our teachers telling us if we're doing enough. It's our grades telling us if we're doing enough. And after we finish school, it's the job market and it's our boss and it's our performance reviews, right? So there's always someone kind of looking over your shoulder to tell you, hey, you know, you need to do more, you need to work harder, or, you know, hopefully you've done enough and it's great and you can go home, (laughs) right? So not only do we have to be that and do that for ourselves in our own business, But the perspective that we bring into our own business will be affected by our past experiences, right? If we had people around us that had a quote-unquote healthy definition of productive and doing enough, then odds are we'll go into our own business with at least, you know, a a good foundation. However, the opposite can also be true where, right, we get a job and it turns out that our boss is a workaholic and that is also what they reward, right, in their employees. And then you go into your own business with the mindset that you are only really being productive and doing enough if you are killing yourself over your work and if you're doing overtime right? If you are busy. And I think part of that too is when we have this disparity between days where we are really productive and doing a lot, I think it's easier to see in our business in contrast to days where we just can't wrap our heads around working. And then suddenly... You have to apply that for for yourself. 
And I think that these definitions really are important in two different areas. One is the planning of what you're going to do in your business. How do you schedule your work? How do you schedule a project? How do you schedule your time? Right, taking into account your priorities. And then the second area is how how uh, is your mindset as you are doing the work or when you are reflecting on the work that you did? How do you review the work that you did? So if we go back to the planning aspect, there are two myths that we see a lot that are, in my opinion, either come from businesses that aren't run by creative entrepreneurs or that are direct translation from the corporate world. And one that is the myth that you can show up consistently. And if you are a creative entrepreneur, if you are neurodivergent, you know for a fact that is very, very challenging, if not downright impossible. Right, simply because our brains don't work like that. Our brains work in bouts of very intense, motivated work. You have tons of energy, tons of creativity. And there are days where you have less. So it makes complete sense that you wouldn't be able to consistently put in the same amount of effort every single day. Or, you know, for that matter, every single week and every single month. Right? Our we go through seasons there are times of the year where we naturally have more energy and are more driven and times where not so much and when we try to apply this myth of being able having to show up consistently in order to have a successful business i think it's something that is very hurtful because again that is almost very challenging if not impossible to do So you're already hindering your own progress. And similarly, there's also the myth that there is a certain timeline or a certain pace at which things need to be achieved, at which goals need to be reached. And the reality is none of that, none of that exists. The perfect pace is the pace that works best for you. And it's really, really hard to see that and to apply that and to keep that in mind when all of our social media, we see all of these people and businesses marketing how they made, you know, $10,000. They hit their 10,000, you know, 10K months after being in their business for like six months, right? Or they reached like a crazy amount of followers. <laughs> and then you look at your own progress and you're like, huh, I am nowhere near that. Right? Or I'm not on I'm not even on track to hit that. Right? Does that mean that I'm being productive or that I'm doing enough in my business? Like, should I be on track to hit this or to have achieved that already? So the first thing that I want you to keep in mind is kind of coming back to this myth of consistency is that your work is going to be divided into days of very, very productive, high creativity, high energy, and then days of recovery. And that's just a fact. So then the question becomes, how do you build a business that can accommodate that and that you can be successful by working like that? 
And the first step is to accept that. <laughs> All right. Once you keep that in mind, then I think it's a little bit easier to give yourself that time to figure that out, to build that, and to incorporate that into your business. Now, one of the ways that I really, really like doing this is through boundaries. And the goal with the boundaries that I set are to save my energy for what actually matters, right? For the things that actually bring value to me, to my clients, to my business. So one of these boundaries for me is an end of day cutoff time. This is a time after which there is no more work. So my partner works from home and he's usually done work at five, at least at the latest. So that is my cutoff time. And I decided to set that because spending time with him is important to me. We have hobbies that we share, we train together. And so I want to make sure that I'm not just working until 9 p.m. and then it's bedtime. So cut off time. So there's just so much that right, I can only work until so late. And to help that is what I call my end of day routine. So these are things that I do in order to help me pick up the next morning where I left off and to help me mentally check out of work to be able to go do all these other things that I love doing. So for me, this routine includes looking at my schedule, what what is on the schedule for tomorrow, what kind of calls, what kind of meetings do I have. If there's things that I think about related to these meetings, I write them down. Right? Again, I don't want to feel like I'm leaving my desk and there's so many things I still have in my head, so I'll try to write down as much as I can. Two, what priorities do I have for the next day? What are my goals? What do I want to achieve the next day? Why is it important that I achieve that? And... Doing a brained up exercise where I will just, again, write down anything that is in my mind. Obviously, that's not to say that I'm not going to think about stuff later in the day. But at least having that laid out for the next day helps me mentally check out and be like, okay, you know, I'm not going to miss out on anything. I will pick all of this up tomorrow. Another boundary that I have is in terms of client communication. All right, client communication can be very overwhelming and take up a huge chunk of your time and energy. So two tips for that. One, have an official (laughs) client communication channel. So where do you prefer to communicate with your clients? Is it by email? Is it through Slack? Is it through Voxer? But keep things in one place. So that way you're you aren't constantly checking 15 different apps, right? Your email, Facebook, Instagram, again, it's like Voxer, all of that. Everything is in one place. And kind of piggybacking off of that, have office hours. It's not because nine to five is what we see across all businesses that it has to be, what's, what's the, it has to be true for you as well. Right, so for instance, maybe you just want to be answering emails in the morning. 
and I say emails, but again, this would depend on whatever client communication channel you decided to, to move forward with, right? Or if you don't necessarily have a set time, then maybe the rule is, hey, I check this once a day or twice a day. Right, so that way you don't feel the need to constantly be replying to things as they're popping up. You made it clear with your clients how to communicate with you when you are available to answer and everyone's on the same page. Another boundary that I have, and I very briefly mentioned a minute ago, is the priorities that I set. So every day I have maximum three work priorities. Now, these are usually bigger items and not necessarily like, oh, just send a quick reply to a client or an errand or things like that. But I will maximum have three of them. And I try to make them as like as specific as possible. So it's not just like, do this project. It's like, no, 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 no. What phase of the project am I working on? Be as specific as possible. And I have maximum three. And some days it will only be one because it happens to be a day where I have less energy, so I don't want to work as much, or maybe it's just a really big thing and it's going to take me longer to do. But that is one of the boundaries that I set so that each day doesn't seem crazy overwhelming. Okay, the next step that I like to give in terms of productivity and make sure you're doing enough is to plan for what I would call your average day or your average week. And by average, I mean don't plan for the day or the week where you have all the energy in the world, where you can't achieve anything you set your mind to, right? You are booked like crazy. It's one thing after the next. Because the reality is that you might have a week like that once in a while, but it won't be the majority of your week. And what will happen is during the majority of the weeks that aren't that perfect week, you aren't going to feel good about how much you got done because you weren't able to keep up with the perfect plan that you had made. Okay, so a couple pointers that I like to use to help me figure what that looks like is one, don't book yourself like crazy. Some things will take longer than anticipated. Some things will get rescheduled. Stuff happens. And so being completely booked doesn't really achieve anything more than there's a higher chance of it going off the rails. Another thing that I really like to do is to schedule chaos time. So chaos time is a block of time for last minute things that come up, things that I hadn't really accounted for, but that need to be handled and taken care of. And you can either, you know, let's say set an hour every day for these things, or set bigger chunks of time every other day, depending on the type of work that you do and your personal preference. But this is, again, blocks of time for the things that come up that you hadn't, um, that you hadn't accounted for. Which means that if something like that happens and pops up, it doesn't just mean like, oh, suddenly the end of day cutoff time I had set for 5 p.m. Well, it's going out the window because I need to handle all of these things. All right, so include these as part of your schedule. 
And another tip that I really like to apply is to create buffers between the different types of tasks or blocks in my schedule. So for instance, um, I love doing strategy calls and chatting with people, but I know for a fact that after these calls, I need to wind down, <laughs> right? I am not in the right headspace to just go on and work on a work on a different client's systems project. So I take that into account and I create that buffer into my schedule. Giving me that time for me to mentally unplug. If that means I'm also going for a walk, that's great, but it really doesn't have to be that much. Just time where there isn't necessarily something that you have to do because it can promise you the amount of times that Again, you will finish that call, you will finish that task, and you just won't be mentally ready to dive into the next one, or because you aren't completely focused onto that next thing, it will take you longer to really dive into it and to really be efficient and productive in this new task, which means it will just take you longer. I think the data says that like it takes the human brain about 23 minutes for the brain to refocus on something different than you were focused on so that's like 20 minutes where you are just spending a crazy amount of energy trying to focus on something as opposed to doing it so honestly just give yourself a break (laughs) schedule some buffer time between these tasks your brain will thank you okay now if you are neurodivergent or if you're a creative interpreter Odds are that you hate doing things that don't have a reason. You don't have, you, you don't, you struggle to focus and you struggle to be productive for to do things that don't have a goal, that don't have a purpose. And so that kind of ties into what I was talking about my priorities and how I figure out what these priorities are. And I figured them out by working off of my long-term goal. Now, I'm not one to have very specific long-term goals because who knows what I'm going to want to do in, how, six months or a year or five years. But there are values that I would like to live by or to be able to apply in my work. There are ways that I would like to feel. And so that is what I use to set my long-term goals. And even if they're not like as specific as some people would tell you to set your goals, they still give me an idea of the direction that I want to take. And taking that idea, that long-term idea, I'm then able to be like, okay, if I want to reach this goal by, let's say, year five, why do I need to do in year one to be on track to get there? And it's not necessarily that it has to be, you know, a fifth of the goal that you set. But what are things that you can experiment with? What are things that you can get started? What are things that maybe you need to have accomplished to be on track to reach that point? And once you've figured out for a year, then you can be like, okay, what do I need to achieve in the next three months, in the next quarter to be on track to make that happen? And then for the month... And then for the week. And then for the day. And it means that everything that I do today 
I know has a direct impact, it might be tiny, right? It might be a tiny, tiny thing that I'm doing today. But I know I got, I, I, I worked out that I had to do it today because this is what I want to accomplish this week. This is what I want to accomplish this month. This is where I want to accomplish this quarter, etc. Right. And again, keep in mind that these don't have to be like when we're talking from five years to one year, it doesn't have to be a fifth. When we're talking about the year to the quarter, it doesn't have to be a quarter, right? Some things make sense for us to do based on how we feel, based on where we are in our cycles, <laughs> based on right the seasons that we go through. And that's how I create my priorities. And so I connect with these goals on a regular basis. And by regular, I mean daily. <laughs> right. So on a daily basis, what I will do is I will, in my planner, which um, I can link in the show notes, in the planner that I made, what I do is that the three priorities that I set up that are the most important thing for me to do today I write out why, why why they're important. How is doing these things going to help me achieve what I want to achieve? And again, it can be because I have a very set goal in terms of how much money I want to make or how many followers I want to have. But maybe it's just because it's going to help me feel a certain way. Right? So I do that every day. But then every week also take time to, again, connect with like, okay, this is what I want to achieve this month. And so considering that this is what I achieved last week and where I want to get to by the end of the month, what do I need to do this week? And it's totally possible that as the weeks go by, you'll just be like, hmm, actually, that's, that's not quite the direction that I want to head into. And that's fine. It's during these reflection periods that it is time for you to put things on hold for a minute. And if it's not the direction you want to head into anymore, then where do you want to head? And then what makes sense for you to achieve, considering you want to head into a new direction? And I also do that every month. And again, I use my planner for that. Personally, I do this with the moon's cycle, but I know some people just do it on the first of the month, whatever whatever floats your boat. But being able to do this review, do this reflection on a regular period, again, gives you that opportunity to assess if the direction you are going in still makes sense. If yes, great, why do I need to achieve? And if not, okay, change a plan. And obviously, the daily reflection that I do is pretty short. It only takes me a couple minutes. The weekly one is a little bit longer. The monthly one is even longer. That one I, that one I dive into quite a bit more. I go quite a bit deeper. So I'd say that one gives me, takes me about an hour. And again, same with like the quarter and same with the year. It takes even longer. But again, that allows me to really connect the little things that I'm doing every day and make sure that I'm doing the right things, right? The things that are going to move the needle in my personal life and in my business for me to reach my goals. Yeah. And the other thing this allows me to do is to establish the criteria that I can then use to quote unquote evaluate 
my productivity and if I am doing enough. All right. Am I on track to hit my goals? How am I going to judge if I'm anywhere near hitting my goals? And again, for some people, that's making a certain amount of money every month. It's having a certain amount of clients, having a certain amount of followers, having a certain conversion rate. But in my case, a lot of the long-term stuff, like I mentioned, is more feelings, ways I want to feel, values I want to be able to apply. But it's still important to know, okay, how, how will I know that I'm on the right track? And how will I know that I need to change the plan? And then that is also how I will evaluate, okay, am I, am I doing the things I need to do in order to support my best work? Because it is when I'm doing my best work that I am most productive. Okay. And if I am doing enough, doing enough will be partially dictated by if I'm doing the right things and the things that move the needle in my business. Now, it's important to note that in the small business world, it is so, so, so easy to just be busy. Like, let's be real. There's about 20,000 things that you can do, <laughs> right? Except not all of them are going to be important. Not all of them are going to move the needle in your business. Not all of them are going to be relevant for where you want to get to and where you are today in this moment. So that is why I absolutely love working off of my goal, goals, creating these priorities, because it helps me filter. Okay, I have all these things that I want to achieve, but considering the season that I'm in, considering the progress I'm making, this is what makes the most sense for me. Now, if you are struggling to figure out what makes sense for you, or you still find that you're really, really, really busy, I did create what I called the Time Leak Quiz. And basically, it's a quiz that you can fill out to help understand where you are losing the amount of time, the most amount of time and the most amount of energy in your business. So I will also link this quiz in the show notes and you can go and check it out. But basically, it will just help you pinpoint what is a number one, what should be your number one priority in order to save the most time, save the most energy, which is then obviously time and energy that you can put where it matters in your business. Okay. So then in the beginning of this episode, I also mentioned how neurodivergent brains and creative brains often have super high amounts of energy and then super low amount of energy right? Often caused by, oh, having this much energy and focus and productivity is very, very draining. And so then we have to fall back onto recovery days. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, that is just how our brains work. And the faster we accept this fact, the quicker we can build systems that actually work for us. That being said, it's not because we're in recovery days that there's nothing that we can do about being a, in a low energy, low creativity period. So the first thing that I like to do is to identify what activities are going to help me get that motivation, find that energy, find that creativity, right? What activities are going to fuel me? And these can be activities that are in your business or outside of your business, right? Hobbies. You can 
just have an ongoing list of that that you can refer on days where you find that you don't naturally have the energy that you would like, right? And then up to you if you want to do these things at the end of your workday, incorporate them into your workday, do them before your workday, right? It's really up to you. But that can be a really nice strategy and really nice tool in your toolbox to help you get that level of energy and increase your your creativity and your fire. The other thing that I like to do is kind of going into an opposite direction and it's to have a minimum workload list. (laughs) That is how I call it. And basically it's just a list of activities that are still important, are still relevant to me and to my business and to my work. And to use that to determine what are activities that I can do that take very little energy for me to do. Very little brain power. I can do them on any days with my eyes closed. And these are my go-tos on days where I really don't feel like doing anything, right? And I'm still like, hmm, I still like to get some stuff done. So personally, what I like to do is... I use an exercise that is called the task inventory to identify these things. It's basically an exercise where I would list all the activities that I do in my business, along with how I do them, how much energy it takes out of me for me to do. Um, I also write them on the poop scale, (laughs) which is the scale of how much I really don't like doing them because let's face it, we all have these in our businesses. But these help me identify what are these activities that are very, very energizing for me, are very, very energizing for me, and which are, again, low energy. I can do them anytime. And then the other thing I'd like to point out is to apply the 80-20 rule, or I guess, in other words, what is the bare minimum that I have to do in a certain project, in a certain process, in a certain task, in order for it to be done, right? Where is it worth it for me to go above and beyond versus where is it worth it for me to just do the minimum, right? And that will probably be determined by the goals that you have. Again, some things are worth going above and beyond and giving it your all, and some just aren't. And that's perfectly fine, but identifying what this is. So let's say in terms of posting on Instagram, right? We see a lot, oh, we should post every day or you should post, you know, multiple times a week. And the reality is that if you're in a very down phase or if you have different priorities, different goals, then perhaps it makes sense for you to do one post a week. And that's the bare minimum. I'll show up on stories to show that my account is still active, that I'm, I'm still here, I'm still alive, <laughs> I'm still taking on clients. But that is what the bare minimum is for me for that. Because Instagram just isn't a priority for me at this specific moment. So I hope this helped you or gave you some clues as to how you can go about planning and figuring out what product what being productive means to you and what being doing enough in your business could mean for you. And like I mentioned at the beginning, the other area where it is very, very important to keep in mind 
is when we are actually doing the work and then reflecting on our work. And this is going to, going to be more of a mindset component. So the first one would be, how do you see or how do you write your own work? Right, I think based on our upbringing and our history and how other people perceived and judged our productivity and our work, we might be very harsh towards ourselves and our own work, right? So, for instance, do you consider that you had a good, quote-unquote, good work day when you cross off your entire to-do list and when you get everything done and it's amazing and it's perfect, right? Do you only see days where you have been really, really productive and those are the only days that you really reward yourself or that you see your work and your productivity in a positive light. I know that was the case for me when I started. It was so easy to pat myself on the back on those days and yet, gosh, the majority of the day was just work with tiny tasks. I was just busy and it wasn't aligned with my goals and, right, So is that the case for you? And could we try to rewire how we see days where we potentially get, quote unquote again, less done? And one of the ways that I like to put that into perspective is to kind of think about my average between my super productive day and my recovery days. Because on my super productive days, I get so much done like so much. And so the average between both and also the fact that I'm able to, again, put boundaries in place to, I guess, stretch out (laughs) that very productive phase, make it last longer because I'm making it less, making it a little bit less intense every day means that my productive days are actually pretty good. And then those recovery days are you know, not complete zero scratch off and there's less of them, which means that the average of things that I've done that, again, move the needle in my business that are relevant is actually pretty good, right? And so then when I get to those recovery days, it's easier now to still be very happy with the work that I'm doing and to accept this recovery day and to be very happy because in a way that in itself is the win is the way that I perceive my own recovery day as opposed to beating myself up about it right so the other thing that I like to keep in mind as well is to monitor the work that I do to some extent because it's easy when we are super zoomed in stuck in the day-to-day to not see the progress we're making and really how productive we are being and how much we're moving the needle in our business. So what systems do you have to to track that? And keep in mind, the goal with that isn't just to, again, give you the carrot on productive days, on good days. The goal is also to see what things help you be more productive or what things make your productivity worse or lower your energy, right? That's all data that we can use in terms of how we're going to schedule your work, how we're going to organize your day and your week, 
right? Maybe even your actual workspace. What are things that you enjoy having around you or different places you like to be in to do certain types of tasks? But in order to make these decisions, you need to have the data, right? And so what are things that you can use to to keep that data? So one, um, my preferred way, or at least one of the tools that I use is in ClickUp, I can create fields that are called time estimates and then um, progress tracker. And I can track the time, my time as well, which is also really useful in terms of Okay, this is actually is how much thought. Sorry, this is, this is how much time I thought this was going to take. This is how much time I thought it took me, and this is the progress that I made. Right, and the nice thing is it's like a visual cue. It's super super easy to see, and it's a pretty obvious way for me to be like, oh yeah, okay, that's great. Like I didn't think I was moving, but I've been you know slowly checking off tasks, and I'm sixty percent through this project for this client. That's great. Right. Another tool I like to use, and I believe I mentioned this earlier in this episode, was periods of reflection. Right. Checking in. Okay, I had these three priorities set for today. And, right, I got them done. Or I didn't. Right. Or I was in a good headspace. Or I wasn't. And I tried to work in, in this space instead of that one. Right. They're all tools to help us gather that data. And kind of on a, honestly, lower note, on another note, (laughs) habit trackers, right? Oh, okay, this morning I did, I I went for a walk, I had my breakfast, I filled out my planner, and it really put me in the right mood to start my day, right? And not only is that kind of an accountability tool to help you keep doing these things even when you're not super motivated, but again, they're a really great way to be like, oh, I didn't really do this this morning, and it really showed in my work, I wasn't as focused, and I wasn't as productive. Right? There's a bunch of apps out there that can also help you with that, but this is personally how I like to do it, and how I mentioned, uh, again, the time tracker, time estimate, the progress bar, and click up, but I personally also create a space that is, like, literally my business goals, my objectives. And I find that's also a really nice way to kind of help me monitor my progress for the bigger long-term goals. And when I say long-term, it's a year tops. I don't go beyond that in ClickUp, right? But again, be able to monitor both the like super detailed, small-scale client projects and the big picture monthly, quarterly, and yearly goals. So to sum it up... Productivity is important and it's really, really hard to define and especially to check in within ourselves. And I very much believe that it's both a question of mindset, but also setting yourself up for success in terms of how you're planning for things. Making sure that you are actually putting your time and energy into the things that matter, which for the record, that is the definition of productivity <laughs> is doing the right doing the right tasks. And it's sometimes really, really hard to determine what these tasks are. So I'd just like to take a moment to reiterate that I have a quiz that can help you pinpoint 
where in your business you are losing the amount of the most amount of time and energy in your business it will be linked below also the planner that i created and that i use every single day and if you want to have a little bit more help from me i also offer free one hour strategy calls where i can help you pinpoint what strategies frameworks tips and advice would be best for you based on your goals and your current situation and in the event that you want to work with me beyond that one hour call that is also the opportunity that we have to dig into what that could look like so that is all for this week i hoped you liked this episode if you resonated with anything that i said feel free to give me a follow and leave me a review that helps me a ton Um, And otherwise, I hope to see you next week.